Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Stacy Berg-Jackson with SBJ Consulting. Welcome, Stacy. Well, hi, Lee. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you today. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about SBJ Consulting. How are you serving folks? So I started SBJ Consulting about 10 years ago, and we started in the HR space. I was previously a human resource director for Saks Fifth Avenue, a large retail uh, store here in, uh, in the United States. And so my background was human resources, and I sort of left the corporate world, um, like I said, about 10 years ago, went out on my own and consulted in the HR space, and then really got involved with leadership coaching, training, facilitation um, shortly after. And so that's the space that I'm operating in now, uh, leadership coaching, executive coaching, and development. Now, on your website, you use the phrase thought partner, and I love that phrase. Can you tell us a little bit about how that concept came about and what you mean by that? Absolutely. So um, great catch, by the way. But that is how um, that is really how I brand myself. And that's really how I think about what we do when we're working with leaders, especially, especially high level, highly successful leaders, because oftentimes um, there's a challenge for these individuals. They are moving um, you know, miles per minute, and their brains are functioning at the highest of levels. And oftentimes, where I think they find the most success is when they just sort of press a pause, and I call it sacred space. And um, I call our sessions sacred space, because they're usually an hour long, sometimes they go 90 minutes. And we process their thoughts, we process what they've got going on. And it's really a sacred time for them to focus on maybe it's one project or one item that's causing some um, mental confusion or, uh, you know, yielding some lack of clarity. And so in our conversation, we really process the thoughts and I partner with them to sort of clarify what it is that they are thinking and what it is they want um, in our time. So that's, that's, that's the thought partner piece. Now, when you're working with these folks, are you, are the, is this the first time that they've hired an executive coach or is this something that they've done throughout their career? Oh, great question. Both really. Um, I have worked with folks that'll get on, you know, in my zoom room, because obviously we're all virtual. Um, and they'll say, you know, I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. And within about 15 minutes, um, it's, uh, it's old hat. And then, um, and then I'll work with people who have said, you know, I've had coaches in the past, or I've had specific coaches, coaches that 
were geared toward uh, up-leveling my public speaking skills or something like that. And now I'd like to work with you to up-level my executive presence um, or something like that. So both, both folks um, really, I find, uh, take to the coaching process really well. So now for the people who have never had a coach before, walk us through what that maybe first conversation looks like so they get a feel for what working with you might look like. So um, if we were working in an organizational space, typically we would start with an assessment of sorts. So if it was an executive leader, we would probably start with a 360 assessment, which would allow us to sort of get the feedback um, about how they're performing from, say, their peers or their clients, their direct reports, their bosses themselves. So we have a real clear picture of how they're showing up and how uh, their leadership style is being perceived. So we would start with an assessment and then we kind of debrief that assessment together. You know, here's where your strengths are. Here's what people are saying about your competencies. And then the flip of that coin, you know, here's where we've got development opportunities and what do you want to work on? You know, what part of this is resonating with you and what in the future, if we sort of extrapolated where you want to be in your career, what parts of this could hold you back? You know, if we don't look at some of these competencies, if we don't look at up-leveling some of these areas, could they hold you back from the next seat you want to sit in? So in an organization, we would do something like that, a little more structured. If it was an individual who came to me and said, you know what, I really want to explore you know, a, a passion that I have. I feel unfulfilled where I am in my life, in my career, you know, whatever the case is help me with that. And so it might be a little less of a formal process to start. You know, we might start talking about things that bring you enjoyment or um, areas that you have a pang of regret that you never explored and, and why is it? And then we would sort of start there. So a couple different ways we could start, but um, certainly all about finding that next piece of ourselves that is going to bring us joy and fulfillment. But as a coach, your uh, methodology kind of flexes to um, the situation that they're in. You're, you don't have a strict like, okay, this is how we do this. And it's just, you know, one size fits all. It sounds like you're customizing the experience to whatever the needs are of your client. Most definitely. Most definitely. And I found really in the last, as we all have in the last year and a half, um, nothing is cookie cutter for any of us anymore. And as we begin to blend personal and professional lives, as we're working out of our homes with our families and, you know, there is no cookie cutter answer to, to anything. And so I feel like the flexibility that I have and the cues that I take from my clients really allow us to go down the path that's going to be the most successful for them. And even when I feel like, honestly, Lee, even when I feel like I enter in a session and I say, okay, you know, here's our quote unquote agenda for the session. It always changes even in the middle of the session, because things are on, you know, things are on my client's mind that they might not have even known was on their mind as we go through the conversation. So most definitely unique to each person and sometimes even unique to the coaching engagement. Now, do you have um, 
I don't want to say a preference, but do you uh, enjoy maybe working with the enterprise level executive that has a career path that they are trying to follow as opposed to the entrepreneur who has more of a blank sheet of paper that they have kind of objectives and goals, but it's not maybe as straightforward of a path? Yeah, I think um, probably, yes, probably the first, you know, I work with Um, I work with leaders in typically in organizations, you know, whether they're the highest level of leader, I work with CEOs, VPs, directors, or, you know, I work with emerging leaders or newly promoted leaders or those leaders that are sort of tapped as your hypos, your high potential leaders sort of emerging into that leadership space. So the entrepreneur, although I am one, uh, the entrepreneur is a little more challenging uh, and not, not, not doable for sure, but the direction we could go in is, is multi, you know, they're multi-passionate individuals. So we have lots of direction to go in. And typically I like to be able to work toward an outcome, you know? And so for entrepreneurs, we've got so many things that are our outcomes that it, that it makes coaching, um, fun, and exciting and big bang for the buck, but oftentimes unlimited as well. Right. It's that, you know, it's that curse and blessing of the blank sheet of paper, right? Yes. Where it could go anywhere, but yes. it should go somewhere. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. At the end of our engagement together, you know, I, I, I am still a very results oriented person. That is my background. So at the end of the engagement, I want to be able to say, look at how, you know, look at all the progress we've made, look at how far we've come. And so as an entrepreneur, I don't think you're ever, ever done as a leader. You're not either, but as an entrepreneur, there's always so much more. So now, um, having that kind of results, uh, mentality in this ROI mentality, is that part of the, I guess the comfort that your clients get from you is that there is going to be a result that there's a measurable kind of situation. This isn't a, Oh, well, I, I feel good. Yeah. You know, this feels good. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Um, most definitely we work toward outcomes. We work toward results. Um, sometimes, you know, to your point, sometimes they're a little less tangible because oftentimes, you know, even when we do a 360, say for example, and we, and we hear, oh my gosh, this leader is a terrible communicator, for example. Um, You know, we don't often hear back from those who were participated in the survey saying his communication skills have exponentially, you know, have increased exponentially. You don't ever really hear that, but you do hear it in the engagement that that leader has with their team. Now you do hear, you know, people wanting to work and wanting to engage more with that leader. So I consider that to be a great result. Difficult to measure and quantify sometimes um, if we're not, you know, if, if one of our goals wasn't necessarily you know, a revenue goal or something like that, or a sales goal or something like that. But um, challenging to quantify, but certainly results geared and results based. Now, is there a story you could share maybe of a, uh, obviously don't name names, but of a client that you helped get to a new level that maybe they came to you, maybe they had plateaued, maybe they were frustrated and you were able to work with them and help them get to uh, a different level? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I did work with one individual. Actually, this was one of my longest contracts. We've gone now several years together. And um, he came to me and said, you know, I'm, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like there's competencies that are holding me back. Actually, he didn't use the word competencies. That's sort of a business. That's sort of a a term that we use, right? But he he said, you know, I feel like there's something that's holding me back. I don't know what it is, but I know where I want to go and I know where I am. And I said, okay. So that's exactly where we started. We started with a 360 of his team and he was correct. There were some things that were holding him back. And so as we debriefed that information, we found some incredible strengths that he had and we wanted to maximize on those strengths and capitalize on those strengths. But we also wanted to really hone in on the two areas that were going to propel him forward. And in this instance, with this particular leader, one of those areas was an easy thing to develop. He was called out for his sort of quote unquote administrative skills, his inability to sort of direct work in a, in a, in a more functional way for his team. And so as we looked at that, we realized, oh my gosh, you know, look at, look at what we can do here, X, Y, Z. And so we put those into place or he put those into place. He did the hard work and the feedback that he got was exponential. And he went from, along with some other things, of course, he went from being a director in a very large organization to, to um, getting tapped to be a VP. So we had a goal. We had, um, you know, driven results we wanted to accomplish, and he did. And um, we're still we're still under engagement now. So I think that was a success. Now, are you finding that enterprise level organizations are um, leveraging the power of coaching as just part of what, uh, like you mentioned, high potential or executives? Um, get as part of their compensation package, because this helps not only them as individuals, but it also helps the organization in terms of productivity. It probably helps keep uh, people longer, I would imagine. Oh, yes. And it would also, you know, it delivers results. It absolutely delivers results. And, you know, I would say to answer that question, I think some forward progressive, forward-thinking, progressive organizations really see it as part of the package, really see it as part of the compensation package, the benefits they provide, um, and certainly the ability to up-level and retain their leaders and as a means of recruitment as well. I think that um, other organizations would love to do it but maybe they don't see the immediate ROI. So you really have to be progressive in nature and you really have to buy into it to say, this is what we want to do because the return is there. And the return is there. I was just reading a study and I'll probably get it wrong, but it was something like 70% of those that engaged in coaching whether it was provided by their organization or they found it externally themselves, um, had greater results with their teams and moved through their career trajectory at a faster pace. So, and that came from the Institute of Coaching. So I think the ROI is there and I think companies are seeing it, but like everything else, you know, you have to be able to prove it financially and, and, um, 
I think we're getting there. I really think we're getting there. I think the International Coaching Federation, the ICF, is doing a lot of work around promotion of that. Yeah, and and companies spend a lot of money on things that, um, to me, are harder to prove an ROI. Like, what's the ROI of a foosball table, you know? Uh, I mean... Nap pause. <laughs> right, right, you know. So... I know. If you're going to take a, a swing at some crazy idea, why don't you take a swing at something that at least, you know, at the minimum, the worst case scenario is you're going to have a happy employee. They're going to right. feel like they're getting more at it and they're going to appreciate your organization more. Absolutely. I mean, and you'll grow, like I said, you'll grow your people, but you'll also be able to recruit others of that high caliber, high caliber level because we want the people that are successful, we want their friends, right? We always, we always, we want to hang out with people that are successful. And then we want to bring their friends to come and hang out with us as well. Cause right. high potential people hang with high potential people. Right. So now what are some of those symptoms that a person who might need a coach, um, what are some clues, some breadcrumbs mm -hmm. where it, a person should say, you know what, maybe I should consider, um, Stacy or another coach or just a coach in general in terms of uh, helping me get through this either transition or this challenge or this plateau or some frustration. Are, are there breadcrumbs that lead a person that where coaching is the right answer for them? There sure are. And I think one of the words that you used was a great one and, and that's plateau. So in that particular example that I used with that leader, he had gone really far with the organization and, and he had great success with the organization and he was taking on more and more uh, territories and real estate and uh, responsibility for greater volume. But he had sort of self uh, identified as having plateaued and he wanted more and he wasn't exactly sure how to go about getting it. And that's kind of where that thought partner piece comes back in as well, you know? And so sometimes I think we get far enough on our own, but we know we want to go further. We just don't know how. So I think those folks are great candidates for coaching. I also think um, people that have gotten feedback, which I don't love that word, but people that have gotten feedback in the past that they might have ignored because it hadn't hindered them. They were still able to move on and move up and get the next role. But lingering, they've gotten some feedback in the past. And now they're realizing they might need an, some help getting to that next level. Those folks are great candidates for coaching. And I think people that want more, that want, that want to know what else they could do and what else they could have, that are just passionate about creating a, uh, a fuller life for themselves are great candidates for coaching also. Now, is there any advice you would have for a person that maybe comes from an enterprise level organization and is going out as a coach now, maybe for the first time, is there anything that you would tell that person in order to maybe smooth their path to a coaching career? You know, I think that you have to find the group that you resonate with. Because if you market to everyone, you market to no one. And that's a hard road to go. So I think you need to find the group that you, you fit in with. There's another saying, right? Get in where you fit in. So the question you asked me earlier 
you know, do I like to work with entrepreneurs or do I like to work with, you know, folks in an organization? And I said, well, I really think it's, it's folks in an organization. So you have to kind of figure out who your people are. And I think that will help on your road to transitioning into that coaching space. Now, any uh, advice from, uh, to help maybe alleviate some of the imposter syndrome, like who am I to be giving advice to these leaders? Mm -hmm. Um, I never achieved that level in my career. And now here I am advising them. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because sometimes I have that also, you know, I think we all suffer from imposter syndrome and I know sometimes, I know sometimes I suffer from that as well. And I think that remembering that we all have different experiences and remembering that it's really a conversation. I'm not here in a consultant capacity. Now, you know, my logo is thought partner, coach, consultant. And I do consult with some organizations on a human resource level, because that was my primary background for years and years. So if someone wants to consult with me on a policy or, you know, employment labor practice or something like that, I can do that. But in a coaching in a coaching engagement, we are thought partners. So it's about the questions that you ask. It's about listening to what the coachee or, or your partner is, is saying to you. There's so much, there's so much rich conversation that you can have with someone that will allow them to come up with the answers themselves. So I don't have to have been you know, a CEO of a manufacturing uh, plant to be able to help that individual think through the challenge they're facing in a certain situation. I don't have to have had that experience to hear them and to reflectively inquire about what they want to do next in order to get them forward. If there's someone out there that wants to learn more about your practice and have more substantive conversation uh, with you, is there a website? Absolutely. Um, you can find me at sbjconsultinginc.com. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Thank you so much, Lee. I've had a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you very much. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Yeah.